Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Good morning, church family. It's good to be with you this morning on the Lord's Day and we want to join our hearts and lives together as we seek to to grow closer to God. And today I want to ask you, if you will, before we start in God's Word, if you'll join with me in prayer. Dear gracious Lord and Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We praise you that you allow us, Lord, to uh, enjoy the, the fellowship that we have uh, through your Word and the fellowship that we have through uh, growing closer to you and 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 desiring to be a, a better a disciple of the Word of God and a disciple of Jesus Christ and Lord we pray that you would help us this morning as we uh, study your word and as we come closer to you that you would allow us Lord to uh, to do our utmost to uh, spend time uh, in uh, developing our uh, walk with you and Lord help us as we uh, study that you would help us to listen to your word and hear your voice and and Lord that we would uh, seek your counsel in all of our life and Lord we pray that you would uh, just bless us in this time of, of uh, uh, ensuring that our lives are in tune with you and uh, Father God I just praise you that you uh, love us so much. Lord, I praise you that you are a God of grace, and God of mercy that sees us uh, in the depths of our despair and loves us in spite of uh, the sin that that uh, needs to be cast away from us. Lord, you, you see us not for uh, what we are, but, but who you want us to be. And Lord, you love us in spite of our sin. And we thank you and we praise you for that. And we pray that you would help us uh, to be uh, exactly what you would have us to be. Help us to be uh, uh, your people uh, that are called by your name and love you and desire to walk in your way. Lord, we thank you and we praise you that you allow us that that joy of being a part of the family of God. And Lord, help us to uh, to grow closer to you with each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about uh, uh, the fact that uh, while we've been in the midst of uh, this virus and as we've been going through all the uh, the things that are related to being quarantined and and being uh, separate from others and taking extra precautions. A lot of times uh, uh, we have more ha- uh, time on our hands to do the things around the house that uh, we typically don't do because uh, uh, we get busy with life, we get busy with doing other things, and we fail to to spend time doing the things that mean the most uh, in our life. Uh, uh, So a lot of times, uh, 
you find that people are, are spending more time in their yards, cleaning their yards and doing yard work because they can spend time outside doing uh, the things that they've uh, been meaning to do for a long time. And uh, perhaps there's some that have been spending more time and cleaning their house, doing the pet projects and things that uh, they haven't uh, gotten to uh, because of the fact that they've been so busy. And uh, one of the things that I hope that you've done uh, during this time of uh, self-isolation and, and quarantine in your homes and staying away from uh, being around other people is I hope that you've taken the time uh, during this time to uh, get closer to God. It's my hope and prayer that you've spent this time uh, devoting to uh, studying God's Word, of, of spending more time in Scripture and taking the time to, uh, to uh, ensure that you are reading God's Word and studying it and, and maybe even committing uh, verses to memory uh, so that they're readily handy when you're going through life and, and you're finding yourself in different situations, uh, God's Word can be a counsel to you in those moments. If you've committed uh, Scripture to memory, it's hard to pull that Scripture uh, out of uh, the hat if you don't have it already committed to memory. And, and many times when we uh, just become more familiar with God's Word, we are able to to recall uh, what God says to us and, and know in a general sense where things are found uh, uh, by just simply reading through God's Word and making sure that we uh, hear it uh, on a regular basis. And so uh, one of the things that I hope that you've also done is is long to get closer to God, to, to get to draw closer to Him. And I think that that is one of the things that's uh, wonderful about this time is, is that uh, we have the time, uh, if we don't waste that time, of drawing closer to God. Uh, you might uh, be tempted to, uh, to do a lot of those other things and uh, maybe try and get healthier uh, by exercising and do, doing some things that you typically won't do. But uh, it's my hope instead that you've spent this time desiring to be closer to God, closer to Him, uh, drawing nigh to Him. And how do we get closer to God? Uh, I can tell you exactly how close you are, and that is uh, you are as close to God as you want to be. We are always where we want to be because of the fact that God is willing to get as close to you as you are willing to get close to Him. God is willing to get closer to you if you're just simply willing to get closer to Him. The first way you uh, to go a step closer to God is to get one step closer to God. And when you take a step closer to God, God will take a step closer to you. You actually get two steps closer to God. When you take a step closer to God, uh, God tells us that He will draw closer to us. Uh, our text today is found in the book of James. James chapter 4, verse 8. James 4, 8 tells us, Draw near to God, 
and he will draw near to you. That verse is both a precept and a promise. The precept is is that when you draw near to God and the promise is then God will draw near to you. See the precept is is a condition. It's a it's a if if you'll just simply draw closer to God then God promises that He'll draw closer to you, and so uh, it's like the little child that that uh, uh, wanted to uh, pet a kitten. You know, kittens love to be petted; they love to to have attention, and uh, but they like to just go all over the place. They they just scatter all over whenever you've got kittens. Now, I don't I don't have a cat. I don't have kittens. I used to have cats uh, as I was growing up. Uh, but my parents, they uh, didn't want... Uh, they had a cat at one time that lived indoors. And that cat uh, went off and, and uh, died of old age. And so they promised themselves they'd never again get so attached to a cat that they would allow the cat to stay inside. So, uh, plus my mom and I had allergies to uh, pet dander, and so it was hard to keep the house clean and and uh, not uh, get uh, uh, allergic responses as a result of that. So uh, they decided if they were going to have a cat, then the cat would have to live outside. Well, if you have a cat that's an outdoor cat and you live in the city, uh, it's not really your cat. Now, what happens is is that a cat will maybe wander over from another ha- a neighbor's house and uh, they'll come over to your house. And, and if you uh, uh, don't feed it, then the cat will just go on and they'll go somewhere else and and see if they can find some food, uh, especially if they're not getting enough food at home. Uh, but if you want to keep a cat at your house, you uh, hard and fast rule, every parent knows this, if you see a cat around the house and you feed it, then the cat will stick around the house. They'll come around the house and, and stay, spend more time around the house uh, because they uh, feel like, well, if you got fed one time being around the house, then maybe if they come around again, they'll get fed again. And so uh, uh, when you have a cat that's like that, you can't always expect the cat to come running to you. And a little child that wants to pet the cat uh, or a kitten that's like that, uh, you have to uh, take real soft steps closer to the cat. And if the cat uh, desires to be with you, Uh, it'll come closer to you. You have to let the cat come to you, but you also have to show interest in in getting close to the cat. And uh, uh, God has an interest in being close to you. He has a desire uh, to to grow close to you but he he tells us that uh if you will just draw closer to him he'll draw closer to you now why is it that order why doesn't god draw near to me so that i don't have to draw near to him 
Why do I have to draw near to God first? Well, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you will seek me and find me, and when you search for me with all your heart. So why do I have to initiate the process? Why do I have to draw near to God before before He'll draw near to me? Well, the answer is in the old story uh, that I've told you before about uh, the farmer and his wife who are driving to town in their old pickup truck. That's one of those old pickup trucks that has the, the bench uh, in the front seat. And the farmer was sitting behind the wheel in silence and his wife was sitting uh, on the other side of the cab against the door. And after several miles of driving this way in silence, uh, she looks over and says, to her husband, Jed, when we first got married, we didn't sit this far apart. Well, the old farmer, being few of words, just looked over at, at his wife and says, I ain't the one that moved. Now, I want to talk to you about developing the devotional life and uh, connecting with God with a quiet time. Uh, and God wants to be closer to you he wants to be closer to us than a brother he wants to be closer to us than our spouse god wants to be closer to us than our best friend and if you're a child god wants to be closer to us than we are to our own parents he wants all of us to have just a closer walk with him that comes through the devotional life. That comes with a quiet time. God's waiting on you to draw closer to Him when you're willing to draw closer. He'll draw closer to you when you're willing to draw closer to Him. You see, I, I remember as a child that that one of the things that, that we had in our house was this... Uh, big family Bible. Now, uh, I, I learned a long time ago as a child that a family Bible isn't a personal Bible. Now, a family Bible is a Bible that we had sitting on our coffee table instead of magazines having them uh, spread out there on the table for when uh, and the coffee table, again, was this table that was set in a uh, uh, our uh, living room. Now, living room was not... <laughs> uh, living room and dining room are, are oxymorons. Uh, you don't live in the living room and you don't dine in the dining room. The living room and the dining room are places that you take guests to come whenever they come over. The living room and the dining room you don't live in uh, uh, because you want to keep it nice. You want to keep it looking pretty. You want to keep it to where when you have a guest come over, it's your best room. It's the place where you set them down and you visit with them in there uh, because the den is where you got the old beat up messed up furniture you got the couch that's uh, maybe got a split in the uh, the vinyl or something like that uh, it's the place where you got the old comfortable chair that is getting worn out and everything the living room is where you've got the nice stuff the best of the best and on that coffee table in front of the 
the couch is uh, where we had our family Bible. And this is the Bible. It's, it's a family Bible because it's way too big to carry around in your own hand uh, when you go to church or anywhere else. It's the Bible that's got all the, the fancy lettering in and it's the Bible that's got, uh, it had uh, uh, pictures and illustrations of different things in the Bible. I love that Bible because it was the Bible that I was able to open up and I was able to see these beautiful works of art these portraits that had different depictions of times uh, throughout Scripture. And, and I, I was drawn by this family Bible, by all these beautiful pictures that were uh, just like the pictures I, I remember seeing in Sunday school, whenever we go to Sunday school and they tell us the Bible stories. Uh, there was the, these huge pictures in the, uh, that would take up the whole page in the Bible and it was in full color and it would depict things like Daniel in the lion's den and it would show things like uh, 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 the birth of Jesus and it had pictures of different things like uh, like that throughout the Bible and I always loved looking through it but it had to, it was uh, it was just a big thick huge Bible and uh, uh, some people, though, they've got a family Bible, and that's uh, that's all that they ever have is a Bible that sits out on a, a coffee table, and never gets used, it never gets open, it's never opened and and read through, it's never uh, explored through, and and that's why my hope is is that you've got a Bible that that is your personal Bible, a Bible that you use to study, a Bible that's got all kinds of notes and all. All kinds of uh, of notations and and it's got references for you to look through and it's got uh, places where you've written notes about uh, things you've heard in sermons that uh, God has touched your heart and God has is used the servant of God to uh, to pique your interest and and caused you to uh, to understand more about God's scripture. It's my hope that that your Bible is not just simply a Bible that's sitting there like that family Bible that's just to look at, that's just pretty to see, you know, kind of like that Bible that's in some churches that's up on the, the communion table that's up there on the front of the church instead of uh, where our flowers usually sit. Some churches have this big, huge Bible that's the same size as our family Bible, and it'll be open to uh, uh, halfway through the Scripture, and it it's never read, it's never looked at. In fact, it's uh, it might even be uh, cracked and crit, uh, have uh, places where it's damaged because it's just sat there for so long and people don't take notice. It's something that they just look at and they see for the beauty of it, but they never really take time to study it. And and uh, it's my hope and prayer that that you have taken time to draw closer to God. Uh, how do we draw closer to Him? Uh, James here is uh, uh, talking to uh, the saints. He's talking to uh, those 
uh, believers in Jesus Christ that have been spread out all over the world uh, through what's called the diaspora. It's a time in which persecution fell upon uh, the church and uh, they couldn't stay in Jerusalem any longer. They had to to, to go out into all the uh, the world and uh, part of that was accomplished when after uh, uh, the Passover and all the people that came to Jerusalem in order to, to worship uh, God as as uh, at the Passover feast uh, all the Jewish people went out to all these other places that they had been uh, had been fl- far uh, flung far and, and wide uh, they uh, they were people that were Jewish by uh, nationality, but not by uh, the place of birth, because they uh, they were uh, people who were living all over the world because of the fact that the Jews had been uh, 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 conquered in their whole, own nation, and they had uh, they had been carted off to these different places where their their uh, uh, the people that had uh, taken over their nation had uh, moved them so that they would. Uh, no longer have a desire to overthrow uh, them, but they would identify with them by being moved to another uh, country. So uh, the Samaritans uh, were a result of people that were intermarried with others, and that was the idea that they would intermarry with with people of other nations. And uh, so when the Assyrians came and, and conquered the Israelites, uh, conquered uh, uh, Israel, they took the people of Israel off to Assyria so that they would uh, become assimilated into their culture, assimilated into their nation. And uh, after uh, the, the Jewish people were able to return back to Jerusalem. Some didn't go back. They they saw their home more as over there in Assyria or over there in uh, in other nations that they'd been conquered by, and so they didn't go. Uh, they didn't come back from uh, Babylon back to Jerusalem uh, because they didn't have a connection to that piece of property any longer. They just stayed in uh, Babylon or Assyria or uh, these other places. And so uh, they came, but what they did do is they came back to Jerusalem uh, to uh, uh, worship God through the festivals and through the Passover and things like that. And so you had these people uh, that were coming from uh, from. Uh, Ethiopia and they were coming from Babylon and all these other places and they all came to Jerusalem for the Passover then of course you know that Jesus uh, uh, when he was crucified uh, was crucified just before the Passover and then after he was uh, dead and buried in the grave and after three days uh, at Pentecost uh, uh, Jesus uh, rose from the grave and uh, and on Easter morning and and then uh, at Pentecost, all the people stayed for the next feast, the Feast of the Booths. And uh, that's when uh, Jesus uh, uh, poured out his spirit upon the disciples. And uh, right before he uh, left to, to go back to the right hand of the Father in heaven, uh, before he, right before he ascended, and Jesus uh, imparted the the Holy Spirit upon the the disciples, and 
they went out during Pentecost uh, during this festival and shared the gospel to all those uh, people. And the Bible tells us that uh, that thousands of people came to know uh, Jesus as their Lord and Savior as a result of that. And so when they went back home, uh, the gospel message went back with them. They took the gospel with them back to all these other nations, all these other lands. And so James is writing to all those uh, Israelites that went back. He's writing to them and he's trying to help them to to draw, uh, uh, to maintain their Christian walk as they're in these foreign places. And he says, where do you get, uh, in verse 1 of chapter 4, he talks about where do wars come from? Where do fightings come from now? He's not talking about wars in a uh, national sense. He's talking about wars that relate to this infighting between uh, yourself and your desire to follow after uh, Jesus Christ. Um how is it that you are at war with your members? And that see, that's what he's talking about. Uh, he says, you lust and you have not. You kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. And he says, he's saying, look, uh, you are at war with yourself because you're not uh, desiring to grow, grow, draw closer to God. You have not because you ask not. He says, uh, you ask and receive not because you are amiss uh, you that you may consume it upon your lust see he's saying you are not able to ask god to draw closer to him because first of all uh you are not walking in the way in which you should walk he says you're in a you you adulterers and adulteresses know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with god see first of all we've got to desire to draw closer to god uh whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy with God he says in verse 4 verse 5 do you think that the scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy and so what he's saying is, is look the reason that you're not able to be close to God the reason that you not are not able to to draw closer to God is that because you are at war with yourself and you're at war with desiring to be closer to God uh, you are you are trying to hold on to the world while at the same time wanting to draw closer to God he says God gives us grace so that we can draw closer to him verse 6 he giveth more grace wherefore he saith God resisteth the proud but giveth grace to those that are humble so what we have to do first is we have to humble ourselves we have to humble ourselves to God and be willing to to call upon him desire to draw closer to him the first step of wanting to draw closer to him is to to uh, cast off our own desires, cast off our own lust, cast off our own uh, 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 desires for the things of this world and have a desire to draw closer to Him. He says in verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will free f- flee from you. He says, Resist the devil. Now see, this is uh, uh, just like uh, I talked about in verse 8 where it says uh, the condition draw nigh to God he'll draw closer to you if you resist the devil he'll flee from you so don't 
desire to draw closer to the devil and the things of the world, submit to God. Uh, uh, humble yourself before God. Uh, desire to, uh, to be closer to Him and in humility come and, and set yourself before God and allow God to enter into your life. Humbly submit to God. Resist the devil. Resist the things of the world and desire to have the things of God. Desire to grow, draw closer to Him. Draw closer to God and He will draw closer to you. Uh, when you resist the things of the world, submit to God in humility, then you will uh, naturally draw closer to God and have a desire to be drawing closer to Him and God will come closer to you. And He says, uh, when you do that, Secondly, not only do you have to submit to God and be humble before God and desire to to draw closer to Him, but secondly, He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Cleanse yourself. And He says, uh, uh, you know, desire to, to be cleansed before God. Allow God... Now, He's saying... He's not saying... Um, that you cleanse yourself. He's saying when you submit to God, when you submit to His desire and His will, when you desire to draw closer to God and you humbly come before God, then you desire for God to cleanse your life. And and that's how you... He says... Uh, when he says cleanse, he, what he's saying is, is uh, this word is uh, a word that means to purge, to purify, to cleanse, to, uh, to be made clean. He says, uh, desire to be made clean. Now, when I was young and I wanted to, uh, to uh, uh, go to the table to eat supper, first, especially if I was out uh, playing in the yard and all that kind of thing, my mom would say, uh, are, are you clean? Are, are, you, are your hands clean? And I'd say, yes, mom, I can, I can come down and eat. And she'd say, well, show me your hands. Show me your hands. And I'd have to submit to the inspection of my mother. And if it, they weren't clean, she'd send me back to the, uh, to the bathroom uh, to wash my hands again. And so when we submit to God, we uh, offer over to God that which we know we need to have cleansed, like standing there before your mother uh, and... She says, are, you, are your hands clean? No, no, these aren't clean. We need to clean them. Allow God to cleanse your hands. And what He means by your hands here is the, the means by which you're doing things. Uh, the sense of, of the, uh, uh, the word here relates to uh, literally your hand, or, but it's figuratively your power. Submit your power allow your uh, allow god to cleanse your power allow god to cleanse that which enables you to do things so you're not just asking god to to take away the sins in your life what you're asking god to do when you ask god to cleanse your life is you're asking god in everything that i do in everything that i commit to doing 
And everything that I uh, uh, desire to accomplish in my life, God, I want it to be clean. And in so doing, you're not going to to uh, put yourself in places where you're doing things that are are, are going to submit to the lust of the world, or or you're going to. Uh, 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 allow yourself to be uh, consumed by the things of the world but rather you're going to be allowing God to cleanse the the means by which you do things allowing you to cleanse your heart cleanse your life cleanse your the things that you do in your life and he says you sinners purify your hearts ye double minded he says not only are we to submit but secondly, we're to, to allow God to cleanse our life, cleanse the things that we do, cleanse the way in which we go about the things that we do in our life, cleanse the, the means by which we do things, and allow God to purify your heart. That word purify uh, means to, to make clean, to sanctify, to purify oneself means to to sanctify and what 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 sanctify means is to set aside to set apart to to uh to commit to so what he's saying here is to sanctify your heart uh, now that word heart there is uh, the word cardia which uh, relates to the physical uh, heart uh, thing that beats in your chest but also your mind your feelings your uh, uh, your essence of who you are um, it, it's not just the the muscle thing that's in your body that pumps the the blood throughout your body it's the essence of who you are and so what he's saying to us is to to purify our hearts is to is to to sanctify to cleanse and sanctify that your 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 being to set aside your your life to God. So when we want to draw closer to God, we are to to submit ourselves to God, to cleanse our, uh, to allow God to cleanse us, and then we are to purify, which means to sanctify ourselves before God. And He says, then we will not be double-minded. Now, sinners. Uh, here are the people who are transgressing the the sinful, the people that are have been far away from God, the people that have separated themselves from God. They're no longer going to be separated from God because they submitted to God. They've they've asked God to to cleanse their life and to purify their life, and they've asked God to sanctify their heart, uh, to set their self aside to God and to His purpose. Then no longer will we be done double-minded no longer will we be trying to 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 be a christian you know the the hardest thing that i i see that most christians have is is that they live like the devil on saturday night and then they try and go into god's house and live like an angel in god's house on sunday morning uh you can't be an angel in god's house on sunday morning after being a devil in in the world on saturday night we, that's being double-minded. You can't uh, 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 do all the things of the world and and get wrapped up in all the the sinfulness of the world 
uh, right before you go into church and then be uh, then act uh, you know go in and sing hymns and praise God and all that kind of thing. Why? Because you don't have a proper relationship with God. You're you're putting those things that are putting distance between yourself and God with the sin in your life and then trying to act like you're all close to God and drawing close to God uh, while you're in the house of God on Sunday morning. God's trying to tell us, look, you can't be double-minded. You have to be singularly minded of focused on being closer to God. He's saying, allow yourself... In the next verses, he says, Be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. What he's talking about, he's not talking about, uh, 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 hey, don't laugh and don't have a good time and don't uh, go out and and, uh, be crying and all that kind of stuff. No, what he's talking about is humility, which is the first step of submission. He says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Don't get don't allow yourself to be uh, carried away by the riotous riotous living of this world. People think that the only way they can be happy is to go out on Saturday night, go out dancing and listening to uh, and uh, drinking alcohol and and getting carried away and all kinds of of partying atmosphere and partying he's saying be afflicted that word afflicted means to realize one's own misery allow yourself to understand the misery of your situation of being uh, uh, in the world and not having substance because all your you keep chasing ghosts you keep chasing the spirits and you're and you're going out and you're drinking and the next morning you're 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 sick to your stomach and sick in your head because you've gotten drunk you've gotten high you've you've chased all those kind of uh, uh, uh fleeting things and you're not happy anymore you're you're worse off than you were the night before when you're trying to uh to have a good time he says uh, to realize your own misery, and he says when he says to mourn, what he's uh, he's talking about here is uh, a word that is to 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 grieve the loss, and what he's saying is understand your situation of trying to. To, look, you, you never can get rid of, uh, you know, people in these 12-step programs, they never uh, can get away from drugs or alcohol or anything like that until they realize they need help. They, they, you never can uh, uh, get away from those things until you realize the real, the real situation that you're in. He says, be afflicted. Understand the wretchedness of your situation and set that aside. Grieve the loss. Put it aside and, and just go ahead and get rid of it and mourn for it like you uh, are uh, putting it to death in your life. Weep and mourn for it. Get rid of it. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. What he's talking about is your riotous living, uh, your your uh, 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 flippant life. Just, uh, again, just be dead to that kind of living. Humble yourself to God. Why? Because He'll lift you up. He'll 
lift your spirits. He'll, uh, instead of trying to to get all of your joy and happiness out of uh, a liquor bottle, out of drugs or or, uh, going out and partying and thinking that you're having a good time, he says, put all that to death. Humble yourself before God. Submit to God saying, you know, God, I've been trying to live my life and I'm not getting anywhere. I realize I know I need to get rid of this in my life. I'm going to put it to death in my life. I'm going to submit myself to you, verse 7. I'm going to draw nigh to God by submitting to Him. I'm going to ask God to cleanse my life, to evaluate my life, and to uh, uh, purge the sin from my life and the way in which I do things. And I'm going to not only do that, I'm going to sanctify myself before God. Allow, set myself over and set, set my heart over to God. Allow Him to fill my life. Then the things of this world won't be uh, things that I, I yearn for anymore. The things, the lust, the, the desires of this world, I, I, I will have been able to put them to death and God will give me my joy. God will give me the, the joy and the happiness, verse 10, in my life. God will lift me up and He will draw me closer to Him. He will draw me ever closer to Him because I have allowed myself, I've submitted myself, I've drawn closer to God. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, I pray that You'd help us to put to death all the things of this world, all the the things that we yearn for in this world that that have no meaning in our life, that have no substance, that that are just merely the lust of this world. Lord, we pray that you would help us to submit to you, put to death all the things of this world. Lord, that we, you you would allow us to submit ourselves to you, to to allow cleansing and purifying of our life through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, that we would be sanctified to You, that our hearts would be set aside to You. And Lord, that You would draw us closer to You and that You would lift us up, that You would give us the joy, that You would give our, lift our hearts and truly be closer to You. Father God, I pray that You'd help us in this time of, of uh, focusing on the things in our life that we typically don't focus on. Lord, help us to focus on You, to focus our hearts on spending time with You and drawing closer to You so that You'll draw closer to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. It's my hope and prayer that God will bless you as you go throughout your week, that God will fill your heart and life with His love.